Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to uh, another exciting episode of Business Talk. We have a terrific show for you today. I want to get to it, but first we want to hear a message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. As promised, we have a great show for you today. We different kind of show. Uh, we have with us Jim Young. Uh, he is an executive coach, the centered coach, as he calls himself. He has a new book out. It's called Expansive Intimacy, How Tough Guys Defeat Burnout. And that title really tells us all about what we're going to be talking about today. How are you, Jim? Fantastic, George. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, burnout. This is a subject that we hear about a lot. It's a term we hear a lot. Um, we're going to talk about the technical definition of burnout in a minute. Uh, and a burnout, I think people know it or hear it when they when they see it, but we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. And then we're going to talk about just what your book says, How Tough Guys Defeat It. And we're going to talk about why we focus on men, uh, first of all. But first, tell us a little bit about you and what you do, and then we'll quickly segue into your book. Sure. I, I work as an executive coach, as you mentioned. I often describe myself as a men's and organizational burnout coach because that's who keeps finding me. That's the work that I'm most compelled to do is to help men deal with this uh, condition of burnout that's pretty prevalent among our workforce. And I also love doing work in organizations. I, I spent about 25 years in the corporate world in IT for the most part, a lot of that in leadership uh, and experienced burnout in there. So I, I like to bring what I've learned over the years uh, as a coach, as a facilitator to help men, especially leaders, uh, root the burnout out in their lives and their organizations. Hmm. Okay. So we'll talk about the book and, and how you came to write it. But first, let's talk about burnout a little bit. Again, it's an often used phrase. I think uh, sometimes it's probably overused, uh, people not knowing exactly what burnout is, maybe uh, confusing a little bit with just being tired, run down, working too hard. Uh, like I said, burnout is a technical term. Tell us what that means. I think that's exactly right, George. I think the the term has gained a lot of buzz over the past few years. The pandemic, I think, pulled the curtains back on this topic that's really been there for a long time. And I think we conflate it oftentimes with being tired or exhausted. Uh, I feel burned out today. It's a bigger issue than that. There, the World Health Organization finally in 2019 recognized it, put it in the ICD-11 as a workplace condition of unmanaged stress with three components. Exhaustion, for sure whether we're physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted, but also cynicism and a lack of effectiveness. We don't feel like we can get things done anymore. And that cynicism is, is never going to get better. It is what it is. So when we talk about burnout, a true case of burnout encompasses all three of those symptoms. And there are people who are all across the burnout spectrum who might be 
dealing with one or two of those symptoms, but not all three. So one of the studies that I've looked at, <clears throat> excuse me, talks about how there are maybe 40 to 50% of people who are on the burnout spectrum, but maybe only five to 10% of people who are actually full on in burnout. So for those listening uh, to our podcast, uh, I, I suppose if you've got the flu, you've got symptoms, um, you've got some other conditions, you have symptoms and you, you know you have symptoms. How do you know if you're burned out? That's a great question. From If I go back to my own experience of burnout, and I lived on that spectrum for probably five to seven years anyways, I floated through different aspects of it. And I didn't know it when I was when I was in it until I look back at it and I say, oh, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning and go to work. I felt like I was kind of moving in wet cement as I was trying to get things done. To me, a lot of it is the felt sense of it. But also, how are people around me responding to me? Am I, you know, and, and if I could be honest with myself, I would ask people, hey, was I difficult to be around? Was I less effective than I was before? Did I come across as somebody who never had something positive to say? The thing is, if we're feeling really negative, we're feeling worn down, feeling like we're not getting things done, like we, we know we're capable of, that's the best answer for me. Um, certainly, there are assessments that we can take, and we can talk about that separately if we want to. But I really go to, you know, be honest with yourself. How are you feeling? And get some perspective from other people. How am I compared to how I am when I'm at my best? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of like looking on the internet for, for symptoms of certain things and whether you have them. I'm sure everybody who listened to some of that said, okay, I feel like that someday. I, I, I don't feel like getting out of bed and going to work today. I, I feel like I'm in wet cement. I feel like I'm, I'm negative all the time or at least negative this week or this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there's a difference between feeling these uh, symptoms sometimes and just feeling them to the point of where we know we're burned out. Is this what you mean by being on a spectrum? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're having a bad week, but then, you know, things turn around, you're probably not burned out. But if you've been consistently feeling that you're just not yourself, you know, and, and this will also show up in physical symptoms. So if you're dealing with uh, indigestion or lower back pain or other things you can't quite understand like, you know, what's going on here, that stress building up in your body is going to have impact on your physical self as well. So, you know, pay attention to what signals your body are, are giving you as well as what you know, intuitively in your mind about like, hmm, I'm not really myself. I, I don't have my, my best. Okay. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. Um, we're talking with Jim Young about the subject of burnout and men. So now that we've identified what burnout is, uh, how do we defeat it? As the, the title of your book said, beyond maybe, and this is maybe part of the equation, uh, getting a different job or moving into a different field or, okay, we're burned out. Now what do we do? We've, we've officially been diagnosed as burned out. Now what? It'll depend a bit on how crispy you are. Uh, some people, when they've really had an extreme case of burnout, really need to decompress. Uh, I've, I've dealt with folks who've had to, you know, take take long term leave uh, and and just not 
not do anything for a while. That's not obviously something that a lot of people can do. Um, and so for me, when I started looking at how did I defeat burnout and what did I want to share with others, there's a ton of practical advice that you can Google and it'll talk about exercise. It'll talk about diet. It'll talk about, you know, shifting your work schedule, maybe changing jobs. Those are all valid things to do. However, I think they're symptom, they're, they're just putting band-aids on symptoms. They're not actually getting to the root cause. For me, what I found the, to be the biggest problem with burnout was the isolation that I felt like I had this thing that was all my own. I had to deal with it. I didn't have resources. And when I pulled back all the covers, when I, when I rewound the story, I realized that the thing that got me out of burnout was stop, to stop isolating myself, was to create intimate connections in all areas of my life so that I always had a place to go when my stress is built up. Okay, but now we come to the what I assume is the uh, one of the main uh, focal points of your book, and it's a main focal point not just of burnout, but a, a lot of issues involving men's health. Is that this is something we don't want to talk about? We don't want to show weakness. We don't want to talk about our problems. Uh, we sometimes think they'll go away. Uh-huh. Um, but even if we don't think we're going to go away, we certainly don't want to admit that we burned out. There's a some cynicism uh, in, in certain quarters when you, you tell people you're burned out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm burned out too. I worked 60 hours last week and I'm burned out. So how do we get over this talking about it and seeking help? Men just don't do that, whether it's for back pain or anything else. Exactly. And I think the answer to that is to look at our shame, mm-hmm. which is not a word that guys want to talk about, but it's there. If the reason I got into burnout was because I kept comparing myself to the men around me, to my peers, to the people who are a few steps ahead of me on the path and feeling like, man, I don't measure up. And so I've got to double down. I got to outwork this. And I, I can't, I definitely can't ask for help. I can't reveal any of that to anybody because then I'm going to really hear it from the guys. Right. And that's not okay. So I just suffered in silence, shut it down and tried to tough it out. The problem was it just kept the, the hole kept getting deeper. And so when I wrote the book, I knew I wanted to write about burnout because it was a horrible experience for me. I knew I wanted to write about how intimacy and intimate connections in every area of my life was actually the real antidote that got to the root cause. But I, I didn't realize that I was going to see shame come up so prominently. And as I interviewed dozens of men about it, got the same story, the fear of being called out by other guys because we're not man enough to deal with our business that we got burned out is a huge obstacle. How do we get over this obstacle? Are there some simple suggestions other than simply saying, don't be afraid to show that shame, which that's it. Easy to say. It's very easy to say. Um, it is. And, and so the book title is expansive intimacy, how tough guys defeat burnout. And I put quotes around tough guys for a couple of reasons. One, just sucking up stress day after day, year after year, that can be considered tough, but 
the take it on the chin trope of manhood, we've seen it. It's, it's, it's kind of played out to me. And, and when we look at the consequence of that, it's elevated uh, rates of heart disease, suicide, divorce, depression, addiction. That's not very tough. Like if your goal is to be a strong provider for your family, sucking up stress until you die at 55, ain't cutting it. The other thing that's tough is actually revealing what's going on for you. Sharing like, hey, I don't have this figured out. I don't feel okay about this. Letting that shame get outside of you, that releases a ton of that stress. And actually the other thing it does, when we share those feelings of real vulnerability, we then create an intimate connection with somebody else. And so we have to find people we trust to do that. But as soon as we do that, we then start to build muscles where we can do it more and more until we can actually be our full selves. We can be honest. So I'm assuming that this is not a, a new phenomenon, that this has been going on for a long time. But I have to imagine that the pandemic also exacerbated the problem, like it exacerbated a lot of other things because people in a lot of cases were home. They were even more isolated than they were before. And they just weren't other people that they could share this with, even if they wanted to. So uh, am I right with that? Or, Yeah, I think the pandemic put a magnifying glass on mental health in general, because we lost the familiar places where we could connect in, in whatever way we were able to. And we had to really see like, what's happening with me on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think the other thing that it did is we started to see, especially early in the pandemic, when mortality rates were really high, I think it shook us all up because we usually, we don't think about death, especially if we're 30, 40, 50 years old, we just don't see it happening with our peers, but everybody had to say like, geez, if I go to the grocery store and touch the wrong thing or breathe the wrong air, I might die. And we had to face mortality and get real with like, what am I choosing? Am I choosing to grind it out and eat stress all day? Or do I want something a little bit different than that? It's actually going to feel good to me and be healthy. So I guess uh, the hardest question that I have, and it's probably the hardest question to answer is, how do we generate real change in this equation? We take risks. <laughs> Plain and simple is we have to be willing to choose ourselves over the perceptions of other people about who we are. And when we can say, I'm willing to take the risk for myself, for the people that I love to be who I really am instead of who I'm supposed to be, then we can overcome this. And that's not easy. I get it. Like there's a lot of consequences or a lot of, a lot of uh, things that we fear and just facing those and saying like, you know what, the only way I'm going to change is to go through that fear and say, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and share what's really going on. I'm going to make the choices that are, are right for me, not for what society tells me I'm supposed to be as a man. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can still be manly. You can still ride your Harley. You can still crank out work. You can still, you know, hit the gym and lift weight. Like all that stuff is, is available to you, but you can also be well-rounded. Okay. Uh, with substance abuse and, and other societal problems, people always talk about the first step. What's the first step? How do I get started? Uh, let me ask you, what, what should be the first step for men, tough guys who have looked in the mirror or looked inward and said, okay, yes, I am burned out. 
uh, I need to do something about this. I don't want to be that guy who, who doesn't seek help. I don't want to be that guy who, who has a heart attack at 48 and dies. Uh, what is the first step? To me, the first step is taking a long look at what it is that you actually want your life to look like. Then it's looking at, okay, what is it now? And what's the gap in between those two things? And then that third step is to take the first risk you can to, to kind of follow your foot towards the direction that feels like, oh, the next thing to do would be to talk to my buddy who I really trust and say, hey, this is what's going on for me. Or talk to your, your, your wife or talk to uh, a therapist or talk to a coach. Like, what do I want? What do I have? What's the gap between those? And then start to say, what's required to change? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I'll say like, there's a lot of stuff out there on burnout that is the three things you can do to get rid of burnout this week or those kinds of tropes. I, I don't buy into any of that. This is mm-hmm. not easy work, which is, I think, why a lot of us avoid it. But the reward is immense. And so we got to start taking small steps and we got to keep taking small steps. Okay. So if this were the old Dave Letterman show um, and you were sitting across from me, I'd be holding up your book, uh, showing it to the audience. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but tell us a little bit about the book, um, how long it took to write, where people can find it, all that good stuff. The book took me um, about nine months to write. Uh, it spilled, really spilled out of me. Uh, I started it last September uh, and I finished it in the summer. Uh, the final revision went to the publisher in the summertime. It was really ready to, to come out of me. The structure of the book is a lot of stories. There's a lot of uh, personal stories. My own story is in there, um, but is also stories from dozens of other men who I interviewed throughout the process. So it's really a combination of my story, a collection of other men's stories, uh, a lot of research on each of the topics, burnout, shame, and intimacy, uh, as well as some, you know, some tools and some structures that you can use to move through. Um, if you want to find the book, go to my website, thecenteredcoach.com slash book. Uh, you can download a free, in, uh, the, the introduction of it, and there's a link to, uh, to buy it online. Okay, very good. That book again, it's called Expansive Intimacy, How Tough Guys Defeat Burnout. I hope uh, you get some readers and I hope uh, men uh, listen to this podcast today and uh, do something about burnout rather than live with it because you can't live with it for long. Uh, yeah, I agree. Thanks for, uh, for giving me some time to talk about this, George. It's one of those topics that's uh, dear to my heart. And I hope a lot of men find some help through, uh, through listening to this or reading okay. the book. Uh, my pleasure. We'll have you back on uh, another day. We'll talk about it again. So thank you. Thanks, George. Okay. And thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, this has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time. <laughs>